You're listening to the Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. My guest today is Margaret Hirsch, who is the executive director of the Hirsch Group, which is the largest independently owned appliance electronics retail outlet in Southern Africa, now celebrating its 40th year. She's received over 30 international and local awards for her business, social, and charitable work, which has uplifted many people from many communities around the country, especially the youth. And we're going to be chatting about that a little bit later in the show. But firstly, welcome to the show, Margaret. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I hope you can hear me coming, am I coming through loud and clear? You're coming through absolutely perfectly. We've learned over the last six months. And yes, believe it or not, it is six months since we've been broadcasting remotely because that's how long um, COVID has impacted directly on our lives. So we've learned a little bit how to use Skype, Zoom, WhatsApp, whatever we can to try keep the shows fresh, to try keep the shows live and to ensure that our, our listeners can get to listen to somebody such as yourself who can, who can give them so much advice and, you know, give them that little bit of, of hope and guidance in the way forward. So of course, without further ado, I'd like to just chat to you more about your business and, and what's been happening during COVID. So how did you actually navigate this reality of COVID-19? You've heard how we as, as High FM had to introduce these remote broadcasts and how we, we have a skeleton staff at the studio, but you're a retail organization. You have face to face clients. What did you do to, to tackle this? Well, you know, obviously, first of all, we just all thought it was going to be three weeks holiday in the middle of the year, and we thought we were going to have a wonderful time, and we you know, planned out three weeks what we were going to do. And it was literally on the first day when I got up in the morning, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I have got creditors to pay, I've got salaries to pay, and our salary bill goes into literally millions and millions. And um, how on earth are we going to do this with no money coming in? And so what we did is we got our core team, which is our, our top directors and we got together and we set a strategy in place. How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And we literally started from nine o'clock on the first morning strategizing on how we were going to get through this. And of course we all thought it was just going to be for three weeks, but then when we realized it was going to go on for longer, that's when we really, we thought now we really have to strategize. We have to pull on all our resources, all our courage to be able to know that we've got to get through this and how on earth are we going to do this. So it was really, really a tough time. I can't even bluff that it wasn't because it was extremely tough. We had to be in contact. We've got a massive staff of thousands. So we had to be in contact, daily contact with the staff because they were all very anxious. They didn't know which way to turn. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. So while they were enjoying staying at home and being with their families, it was really, really traumatic because they didn't know what the end result was going to be or how long it was going to be. And little did we think at that stage, at six months down the line, we would still be under lockdown because I'm still under lockdown. Being, you know, my husband and I are both in our 70s, so we were really under lockdown. We had to keep away from everybody because we were high risk. And so it, it's really been very difficult. But on the plus side, I mean, we have come through so amazingly well. You know, we couldn't do anything under level five. Under level four, we could only sell heaters. And if you remember, that was April, and it wasn't even cold in April, but we sold heaters like there was no tomorrow. And then we could sell cooking appliances. So to boost the cooking appliances, we realized that a lot of people had to cook at home when they'd never cooked. I had a guy who'd had his – I sold him his oven 12 years ago. He'd never switched it on. He phoned me on, to ask instructions on how to switch it on. <laughs> So, um, you know, people had to cook for themselves. We had lots of people who'd never cooked in, for, as a family before. And we, we, we did, so we did cooking lessons online. 
We had kitchen papers where we show, we, other chefs came in to show them how to cook. And that's how we sort of started up. And we started the ball rolling like that. Um, I worked with entrepreneurs a lot because a lot of the entrepreneurs didn't know what to do. You know, what should I do? How do I claim my UIF? And all sorts of things like that. So we had lots of online classes that had nothing to do with our business, but just, just helping people to get over this. And then, thank goodness, when we got, and, and that was really hard because, you know, if you came and wanted to buy a washing machine or a TV, we couldn't sell it to you. You know, you could come into the shop, but you couldn't buy it. We had big red and white sticky things over all the things you couldn't buy. So that was really a tough time as well. But then, thank goodness, when we got to level three, we could sell all our products again. And we, we started doing that with a vengeance. And we realized that people had been in their homes much more than they'd ever been before. And, I mean, as one lady, she said, look, you know, I've got three kids. And she said, before, it was fun because we went to school. They went to school all day. They went to aftercare. We came home on the weekends. We went out. So we never spent any time in our home. But now we're spending time in our home. And I realized that my washing machine is inadequate. I haven't got the right vacuum cleaner. Um, you know, um, the TV is just hectic because we're trying to homeschool the kids and we, we want to watch our TV and we've got to do our own business. So, so, so Margaret, what I'm taking away from this is is two things. I don't think people realized the impact that this had on businesses such as yourself. And hearing what you've told me came as a complete shock. But the positive I'm taking out of this is the way that you as a large organization were able to mentor the smaller companies to assist them so that they could also stay afloat. But the most important thing I've taken away from this is the fact that people have realized that staying at home and spending time with the family is a very good thing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to discuss the lessons learned in terms of seeing the strengths and weaknesses of the people that we work with. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. I'm chatting to Margaret Hirsch today, and it's, it's absolutely fascinating. In the last weeks, we've spoken to guys that have given advice to the listeners in terms of their small businesses and how, how they have learned from, from COVID, especially in the small and medium-sized sector. We're now talking to somebody who's telling us about what they've discovered in respect of how they've maintained their workforce. And now we're going to chat about the strengths and weaknesses that have come out of COVID-19. What would you say is the most important lesson you've learned, Margaret? I think the most important lesson is that you can communicate with anyone anywhere, anytime now. And that's really been amazing for us because um, what we do is every morning we had a meeting and I used to fly around the country. I used to fly Monday, Tuesday, Joburg, Wednesday, Thursday, Cape Town, Friday, Saturday, Durban, Sunday on my farm and try and communicate with with the people who work with me and for me. And now what I do is one Zoom meeting and we're all in together. We're about 2,000 people every morning. Um, online and uh, I can speak to them all at once. I don't have to fly around the country. My, in, my airline tickets came to average, used to average about 300,000 rand a month and now it's, it's zero. So I'm still doing a much better job than I ever was and staying all in one place and doing it all over Zoom. So for me, that's been the biggest plus, you know. And also with our staff, you know, we could only have one third of the staff in, one third off and one third at home as backup. Um, and so we came now to level two where we half and half. So we have half the staff in. So my staff are working only every second day, 
which is amazing because um, we found that the productivity has gone up unbelievably. We never, if you'd have told me you do double your turnover with half the staff, I would have said it's impossible. And that's exactly what we've done. Margaret, I've read your, your bio and I've seen the awards that you received and you come across as, as somebody who gives back. You're a philanthropist and corporate social responsibility is so very important. My greatest concern during COVID has been that organizations have concentrated primarily on staying afloat and that the CSR projects have actually taken a back seat. Were you still able to participate in these projects or, or did they come to a complete standstill? Oh, no. Yeah, I run lots and lots. So we run lots of schools and we had to try and get the schools to keep going while through COVID and keep the children um, occupied and, you know, and um, educated while COVID was on. So that we worked a lot with that. We own lots of schools. And then what we did is um, I do the um, sanitary pads for the girls, and I couldn't go into the school. So I found a place called Orange Farm, which is outside of Joburg, and I went there to hand out the reusable sanitary pads to the women that were there because they couldn't get in. They didn't have money for food, let alone sanitary pads. So we took the reusable ones out to them. I was expecting 120 women. I had 2,000 arrive, so that was a bit of a shock. So we still continued and we went on and we handed them out to the women there who had no access to get to them. And then our, our biggest one was with entrepreneurs because there were so many people with little businesses that didn't know how to cope with, with just the day-to-day running of businesses. So we helped them keep afloat. And by helping them keep afloat, they in turn helped their staff keep afloat. So it has a ripple effect. If you just help one person, it always it forces down and they can help other people. And so it does. So at Hershey's, our policy is to always give 10% back to to somebody who needs it. And we found lots and lots of people. And believe me, lots and lots of people found us as well. So we were able to help people who'd lost their homes. We helped them, uh, ladies whose house burnt down. We helped her to refurnish it. Um, we helped lots of people who had lost their jobs just to find work and to, to sustain. And then I started lots of pe- people off in their own businesses because people had been sitting in dead-end jobs forever. And suddenly the dead-end job finished and they had to get up and get running. And that's when we helped them to start their own businesses. We helped them to find what they were passionate about so they could start their own business. So that's mostly what I did. Although I still run all my ladies' clubs right through COVID. We put everything on Zoom, so we run them all the time on Zoom. As a lesson learned during COVID, I think a lot of smaller companies that have closed, closed as a result of two reasons. Number one, they they may not have necessarily been as compliant as they thought they were, didn't qualify for the funding that was offered f- through the Future Trust um, as well as TERS. And secondly, because they no longer had a revenue stream, um, they hadn't they hadn't taken this into consideration by having cash reserves. How, how does an organization ensure that they have sustainable financing and stable cash reserves um, for the unforeseen? Well, what we always teach them is out of every 100 rand that you earn, you save 10 rand, you invest 10 rand, and you give 10 rand to charity. And all the companies that followed us, and I work a lot with Action Coach, who are, they coach businesses, that's what they do. So Marlene Powell, who is the top Action Coach in Africa and one of the top 50 in the world, works with me with my entrepreneur program. And we, we coach businesses on how to do that. So what was our strength? Our strength was that we had always put money aside. I'm a serial saver and investor. So and um, we could haul on all those savings and investments that we'd put aside over the 41 years that have been in business. And that's what kept us afloat because we literally had to pay out millions and millions over that period of time. So it kept us afloat. And then I showed the others and, and the companies that I'd worked with and I take them, I incubate the small businesses. 
And the ones that had listened to me and had put the 10% aside for savings and put and invested 10% and then given 10% to charity, they are all the ones that have come through this with flying colors because they had they had done exactly that. And I always say, you've got to learn to invest when you've only got a little bit, because if you lose it, you haven't lost a lot. You know, rather, you know, um, be prepared and not have the opportunity than have the opportunity and not be prepared. So that's what we did. And we worked with dozens and dozens of small businesses. And we also helped them to pivot because sometimes you can't just carry on doing the same old thing. You can't, you know, if you're in the entertainment industry and there's no entertainment. I mean, you take um, Dawn Lindbergh last night. She presented her in the Lady Awards online, completely online. And she had to pivot and do that. And Dawn's older than me, so she's mid-70s. And to learn how to put the whole thing online last night, she just did such an amazing job. So we helped lots of other small businesses to pivot and to change. I mean, one of my dress designers is now supplying masks to schools. So, you know, there's so, always something that you can do very similar to what you were doing that can still bring money in. So, Margaret, the show that you're on today, Confidential Brief, normally chats about the challenges that we face in South Africa, especially in respect of fraud, corruption, state capture and alike. And for the past couple of weeks, I've chatted to, to people that are able to inspire our listeners so that our listeners can understand that, you know, there's lessons to be learned from this. And from you, we're learning a lot of lessons today. We're going to come back after the break and we're going to chat more about um, the lessons of COVID-19. And then I also want to touch a little bit on what's happening in South Africa. We heard how our GDP slipped by 51%. And I want to talk to you about your thoughts about our country's economy going forward. You're listening to Confidential Brief. My name is Chad Thomas. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. We're having a really great conversation today with Margaret Hirsch, and she's sharing with us, um, which I find very nice, her secrets to sustainability. Her business has been going for more than 40 years, and it's, it's now a household name. Um, before we went to break, Margaret, we said we were going to chat about um, the, the, the COVID-19 and the lessons that we've learned from it. And you've already covered that so very well. But I want to know more about the mentorship program because this is something that small companies really need in South Africa. And you find that the bigger corporates don't like to lend that assistance directly. They may appoint a CSI organization, but you find that it's almost as if they want to keep trade secrets to themselves. What makes you different? Well, we're different because we believe that, you know, the more that you can share and you can you only get ahead by helping other people. So that's why we've always been our policy to help other people and especially to help other businesses. Because way back in 1994, where before Mandela came out, what we did is we had lots of um, people working for us and we just didn't know what was going to happen to the country. So what we did is we started all our staff in their own businesses. And to this day, I encourage all my staff to have two streams of income because I believe that everybody should have two streams of income. So if one finishes up, at least you can go on with the other one. So um, what we did in 94, we sold all our delivery trucks to our drivers and we set them up in their own businesses with their wives doing the books. And our technicians, we've got lots of people who work for us. We've got uh, technicians who fix fridge stoves, washing machines. We have air conditioner repairmen. We have gas installers. So we had a myriad of small businesses that we set up then, and we've continued to do this ever since. So um, all our drivers work for themselves, and they run their own logistics businesses. And we're now on the second generation of those people who now have massive logistics businesses um, and running, and they work for us as well. And then... Um, yeah, so we started with that, and then we started uh, with all sorts of different businesses and helping smaller businesses to start. And my 
my formula works so well. The man goes out, does the work. The woman stays home, does the book. She looks after the money and everything goes well. And we've got hundreds uh, of, of The lady looks after the money, Margaret. I love that one. Margaret, when we look at South Africa at the moment, especially with regards to state capture, fraud, corruption, and we hear about PPE fraud in the midst of a pandemic, and we then hear how our GDP slipped, which is expected. But we see the downgrading with the different ratings agencies as a result of all this fraud and corruption. What does that say to you as as a business owner? And are you still confident in the economy of South Africa? Yeah, you know, well, I love entrepreneurship and I love entrepreneurs. And I believe that it's the entrepreneurs of this country that have kept it buoyant. If it wasn't for us entrepreneurs, the country would not be where it is today. So the government will always have corruption in it. There will always be, you look at America, you look at England, they're all suffering with the same thing. We're not alone. But what makes us different and what I believe is the, the beauty of this country is we have so many entrepreneurs who keep this country going. We're the little businesses that just keep that money ticking over, the money flowing. And, yes, there will always be money that goes to corrupt causes, um, usually by the government. But so long as the man in the street is, is earning good money, he can keep himself, he can feed his family, he can send his kids to school, that is the strength of this company, country. And I believe that if we just keep those entrepreneurs going, and that's why it's so important to me to keep entrepreneurs going through this time, and you'll see um, on every Friday at 11 o'clock, I have an entrepreneurs club where literally hundreds of them, I think we had 894 join us last week. And they, um, I work with Marlene from Action Coaching. We actually coach businesses on what to do, how to do things right, because it is possible. And if sometimes you don't know. A lot of entrepreneurs start. You get the people, the hairdressers, the nail technicians, the plumbers, the welders. They can start a business, but they know nothing about business. So if we can teach them that, um, we can keep those businesses going. We can keep that, the, them buoyant. And while they're buoyant, the whole country will get buoyant. So that's what it's all about. And that's why I teach the entrepreneurs, because it works. But that makes perfect sense. And, and the reason I smiled and commented when you said that, um, you have the owner driver scheme where the drivers are, 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 are primarily males and it's their wives that are doing the books. I'm in a similar situation. I'm a financial crime investigation specialist, but I'm a terrible businessman and my wife is my business partner and she is engaged with the administration of the company. And it's a difficult job, um, being compliant. And what you've said is so very true. Entrepreneurs are the backbone and it's the informal sector that we need to bring into the formal sector to be able to sustain the growth of the economy rather than be in a decline that we currently are. And I'm really fascinated to know more about this entrepreneurial club that you've established. So tell us a little bit more about that. And also importantly, how do people get involved with it? Well, it's just so easy to join. And I actually even live stream it on Facebook so anybody can join. And basically, if you've got a business, if you want to start a business, or if you want to take your business to the next level, we are there every Friday. It's free, gratis, and for nothing. And we help and guide businesses. And I don't do it on my own. As I said, I work with Molly from Action Coach, one of the top action coaches in the world. And we get uh, speakers in from various different walks of life. And in fact, this week, um, I've got um, Noliswe. And Noliswe has a lovely story to tell. She grew up in Fusslerus outside of Joburg. And she went to university, got her degree, and she got a job at Nedbank. And she didn't have any way of getting from Forsturas to Nedbank every day. So her father had a trucking company and a bus company. So she drove a big bus into Nedbank every day from Forsturas to Stanton 
and parked it around the corner by Sanson Square there and walked in as if she'd just got there, you know, in a fancy car. Meantime, she was driving this great bus there in wow. for, for ages until she could afford to buy herself a car. And today she's got a, a hugely successful trucking business. Her truck costs over millions of rands each, you know. And she's, she's one of my speakers and she's re- really come from nowhere to, to somewhere. And then I've got Nick Nokia. He buys and sells businesses. Now, there are lots of businesses that are going. People don't really know how valuable their businesses are, so they try and sell them. And then they, they realize, oh, my goodness, I can sell this business and, and make some money. Or there are other people who want a business and just think, oh, I can't think of starting from scratch. You know, I'd like to buy a going business. So, so we have all sorts of different things. Every week it's something different. I have the most amazing people. To come in well, I'm looking, well, I'm looking forward to watching this and, uh, we're definitely going to be putting it up on our social media. And we're going to, we're going to take a break and we're going to chat more about COVID-19 and the expected and hopeful rebound thereafter. You're listening to the confidential brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. I'm chatting to Margaret Hurst today who, whose name says it all. It's a household name in South Africa. And um, what's so important, what we've been chatting about today is corporate social responsibility, lessons learned during COVID, and the future of our economy. And as Margaret so, so, so added, put, pointed out, sure, I'm losing my mojo there for a second, is the fact that we're reliant on an informal sector, we're reliant on entrepreneurs making that transition from the informal sector into the formal sector, and for small companies to be the backbone of this country. Margaret, I've picked up that you are very much like like myself. You're an eternal optimist, but you're also a realist. So from an optimist perspective, are we are we on the right track to get our economy back? And from a realist perspective as a business owner, do you think that the right um, processes are in place from government to allow companies to be able to rebound after this 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 tragic pandemic? Well, I think I'll ask you a second question first. I think if the government really doesn't understand what's going on and they are just doing the best they can with what they have. So, yeah, it, it's it's very different. And I think it's for us as the entrepreneurs and the people who um, have the business brains in this country to start making sure that the country stays buoyant. And we can do that, you know. Um, the, as I said, the government's always just going to be the government, and, and it's going to be a pain in the neck, and we none of us want to go to the Department of Home Affairs. But what we have to do as those of us who are in business, we just have to keep the economy going, because if we keep feeding it through, you must remember that there are 26 million people out of our 58 million that are on government grants. Now, they are not going to be doing anything. They're not going anywhere. They're just sitting there, and they're just existing, and they will always continue to do that. But for those of us who uh, have businesses and that can run them, we just got to keep the rest of them going and, um, yeah, and make the best of it and just make sure the economy just keeps buoyant. And if we can just keep um, working ourselves and keep other people em- employed, um, that's what it's all about. And I think that's what we just have to keep doing for now. And things are going to come right. I think that um, Sumer Ramaphosa is really doing the best he can do with what he's got at the moment. And we can just hope that he – don't feel sorry for him when he has to come out and talk to all of us. I mean, really, it must be so difficult for him. But it is getting better. It is coming right. The numbers are dropping. So I can see us getting back to the new normal fairly soon. And I think all of us – I think what I say to people, when you come out of COVID, you've got to come out of COVID better than you went in. You've had time to think. You've had time to reflect. You've had time to do online courses. You've had time to improve yourself. I finished my MBA in this time. 
Uh, so, you know, uh, you've got to make the best of it and do what you can with what you've got and just keep helping others that are less fortunate than yourself. I mean, I run an orphanage and I've just worked with so many schools that had time to clear out all the rubbish that they didn't want. And with just what one school threw out, we managed to cook a whole school in Isipenga outside of Durban. So, you know, there's lots that people can do if they just think about it. They can stop wallowing in their own self-pity and just think, oh my goodness, what can I do to help other people who are worse off than me? And if you do that, you can only go from strength to strength. Sal's right. You are the eternal optimist and you're a realist and, and, and more so you far better at this remote way of communicating than what I am. So I, and I think it's because of what you mentioned earlier. You've been having these Zoom meetings. You've embraced the technology during this crisis to be able to communicate with some 2,000 staff members. But what I've taken away from what you've just said is, is that you mentioned earlier the ages of your, of yourself and your husband. So I'm not going to say that it's rude to discuss a lady's age, but the fact that you've used this opportunity to finish up with your MBA is an incredible feat and it's an incredible achievement. But more importantly, it's such an amazing example to those out there that you can't use age as an excuse and you can't use a crisis as an excuse. You have to turn all of these things to your advantage. Where do you get this optimism from? Um, you know, I think I actually don't know. I think I just am there. I think I am optimistic. I always look for the best in things. You know, if you talk about the worst, whatever you think about, you bring about. So I always talk about the best and what I think about, I bring about. And I always bring out the best in, in my life and I bring out the best in other people's lives as well, you know. So for, for me, my absolute joy is to take somebody who's really been struggling and to turn them around, put them on the right road. I always imagine, uh, say to people, imagine me, I'm like you, a little railroad track. You know, I've got five grandsons, so we've got a little railroad track and the train falls off the track. I'm the person who comes and puts you back on the track and puts you back on the right track. So you can go forward from strength to strength rather than sickle and battle and always keep going down the wrong road. Margaret, you, you right now could actually sit back and retire and relax, enjoy the yeah. wildlife, enjoy the farm, enjoy the family. Yet you are yeah. so actively involved in your business and in helping to develop other people. And I wish <laughs> that more people had this passion for life. You know, as I mentioned earlier, this show is normally doom and gloom. We discuss issues that are impacting on our economy, issues that are impacting on our country, and we try to find solutions for it. Now we've changed the focus of the show during COVID to try and inspire people, and I wasn't expecting to be quite so inspired today. So I thank you for that. And I, I want to hear from you that if you had to give a message to our listeners today, coming out of COVID, a lot of them having been small business owners that have suffered tremendously, what words of encouragement do you have for them? And what's your message in general to small business owners out there? Well, you know, um, what you focus on expands. That's what I just said. And so you've got to focus on what you want. Dr. Stephen Covey teaches in his book, The Eighth um, Rule. It says, you know, start with the end in mind. What are you aiming at? You know, most people are here, they're groveling around and they're hoping to climb up the ladder. Go right to the top of the ladder. Make your life perfect. If your life was perfect today, what would it be like? And then you've got to work it backwards from there down to today. And that sets the steps that you have to take to get there. Because everybody can have their perfect life. They can have exactly what they want. And they can be exactly where they want. I'm living proof of that. I come out of a foster home in St. Peter Maritzburg. So I didn't start with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, my husband um, has only ever passed out at seven. And he's a multi-billionaire today. So it doesn't matter where you're coming from that makes a difference. It's where you decide you're going to. And it's all in the mind. 
those of you who follow me on Facebook, my niece who was born in South Africa, raised in, and educated in Israel, and now lives in Tokyo, Japan, has recently lost 50 kilos. And I said to her, oh my God, Samantha, how did you do that? And she said, Margaret, I just changed my mind. And I, I tell people who are poor, they come to me. I've got a lady who, called Anna who came to me and she said, Margaret, I'm 56 years old. I'm tired of being poor. I said to Anna, you have to understand it's a, it's, that is a choice. It's not nobody forcing you to be poor. You've chosen that. She said, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Today, five years later, she owns a house in Somerset where she drives a Mercedes Benz and she's got a thriving business. So it's a, you've just got to change your mind. Think of what you want and not what you don't want. And as Thoreau said, go forward in the direction of your dreams and you will get there. But Margaret, I, I can only thank you so much for what you've said today. Um, I've learned a lot from this. I, for one, am going to be following the, the entrepreneurial program that you have and the, the live feed on Facebook. I'm going to be uploading to our Confidential Brief Radio Show Facebook page the link so that our listeners can also have a look at that. And I just want to thank you for taking time out of what I'm assuming is an exceptionally busy schedule, especially after hearing what you spent on yourself and your staff's um, air tickets prior to lockdown and now having to communicate by Zoom. I know that you're a very busy person. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Appreciate being here and good luck to everybody. I'll be posting the details of Margaret Hirsch and the organization as well as the entrepreneurial program on our Facebook page. If you need any particulars, feel free to contact me and we'll put you in touch with the people that manage the, the pages for Margaret. Um, you'll be listening to Confidential Brief. We live on 101.9 FM every Monday, 12 to 1 p.m. with repeats during the week. And, of course, the podcast will be uploaded within the next 24 hours. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for listening to myself and my guest. And I hope that there's been a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of inspiration during these very trying times. My name is Chad Thomas. This has been Confidential Brief.